Moon Knight, Season 1, Episode 2. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott, I am your host, and this, my friends, is the show. You have arrived. Now, this week, I'm, I'm not going to, I always say I'm not going to keep this intro short, but I really am this week because we have a mega-sized conversation with an awesome guest this week, Maggie discovered the podcast uh, a few months ago and started giving me feedback right away, um, letting me know what she thought of the podcast, uh, early episodes, all the way up. She binged it up until like current, and I couldn't be more excited to have her as a guest because she gives such awesome feedback in general, and we just kind of go back and forth about the Marvel properties and other things, um, you know, in the world of geekdom, and I just thought, man, she would be great to have on as a guest, so I invited her on. And she wasn't even that interested in Moon Knight per se, uh, but she was, you know, really interested in coming on the podcast. So she tried it out, is really enjoying it, and decided to come on. Um, thankfully, thankfully. Uh, but yeah, so our guest this week is Maggie Standish. As I said, I met her through the podcast. She discovered it. Uh, as you'll hear, uh, she discovered it as a way, a way to... Uh, Help her fall asleep, and I don't know how to if you know if I should take that as a compliment or or what. Um, but yeah, well, I just let her tell you how it all went down. Uh, but make sure you follow Maggie on Twitter. Uh, I'll say this again at the end, and I'll put a link in the description. But follow Maggie on Twitter at EC Frost. And um, yeah, let's jump into this conversation with an awesome guest. Like I said, you never I've said this before, but you never know how these things are going to turn out, especially if you've never spoken to the person one-on-one, uh, if you've only communicated through text, or if it's the per per person's first time doing a podcast. Listen to me, I sound like it's my first time doing a podcast. Um, but when, it, when it's someone's first time, or maybe has done it very little, uh, you just never know how it's going to go. People are nervous, and that's, you know, that's understandable. But I think you're going to see Maggie comes off as like, a complete natural at this. The conversation was fantastic. I uh, can't wait to have her back. Trust me, you'll you'll see what I mean when we get to the conversation. Let's not waste any more time. Ladies and gentlemen, Maggie Standish. Okay, Maggie, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Hello. <laughs> Look, you're going to freeze <laughs> up and turn into a robot now. <laughs> no, I'm really not, but hey, it's... It's nice to actually be on the show instead of like continuously texting you through Instagram all my thoughts of every episode. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's something that I love that when I have someone that like gives feedback all the time, like it helps me shape the show. Like it really does. Like I've got you and a few other people who like tell me every episode. They're like, oh, I like this. I like this part of the conversation. Um, you know, this was kind of weird, whatever, you know, and I just yeah. Yeah. pretty honest feedback. Um, and I will shape the show for what the people who listen most like, you know what I mean? I'm not going to completely change it yeah. to be something different than I want to make, but yeah, I try to cater it to the, the people that actually listen. 
But yeah, so thank you so much for like being so interactive. And, um, that interaction showed me that you like really love this stuff and like I should have her on the show. Yeah. And I'm actually pretty new to Marvel. Like I remember when Iron Man came out and I had just graduated undergrad, which is college for you Americans. Um, College and university don't have the same connotations here. Like they're completely different um, education levels. But um, at the end of my bachelor's degree, a bunch of the people in the English program decided to go see Iron Man, the first one. I watched it. I was like, oh, that's all right. I watched Iron Man, too. I was like, what the hell am I watching? Yeah. And then um, a job I had in when the first Avengers movie came out, I decided to go watch it because um, I I watched Thor. And the only reason I watched Thor is because of my absolute love for Natalie Portman. And I was like, I should give this one a try. And I loved Thor. I loved Loki. So when I realized Loki would be the main boss in Avengers, I watched it. Um, and then I watched um, Age of Ultron, realized I'd missed a whole bunch in between Avengers and Age of Ultron. So then I decided to give it a break. I was like, when I feel up to it, I'll go and watch it. And, you know, in the mid teens, it wasn't as easy to go find the movies. And especially because by me, like um, my Internet kind of sucks because I live out in the middle of nowhere on a lake. So um, um, I Guardians of the Galaxy 2 came out and. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, was on Netflix at the time, so I watched it, went with friends to see Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I had just started dating my current partner, and after that, I was like, you know what? I didn't love Guardians, but I want to watch all the Marvel movies, and then I just started watching all of them, and my partner is a big fan, and um, I probably... He hasn't been keeping up the shows. I'm like, I'm just going to keep watching them. So, yeah, yeah, that was my intro into Marvel. Um, unlike some of your guests, I was never the biggest comic book person. Um, also, like, my parents encouraged reading, but not necessarily comic books. And by the yeah. time I started reading graphic novels and stuff in grad school, I kind of catered more towards, like, Neil Gaiman and uh, Bill Willingham rather than superheroes. I will yeah. say, though. I loved Batman when I was like in kindergarten and grade one. So I watched all the Batman movies, even though I didn't yeah. watch a, many of the Marvel at first, but like I've seen all the movies now multiple times. That's well, so. that's crazy. So you, you caught up really quick then. Like when you decided I'm going to get caught up, you got caught up. Yeah. Um, it, it helped that when I decided to get caught up too is when black Panther came out and hands uh, down my favorite of the Marvel movies. Yeah. So, that's my wife's favorite. She she loves that. She'll she'll like she doesn't like superhero stuff at all. She's like, ah, oh, it's corny. It's Neither all do my parents. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but she loved she loved Black Panther. She she bought it on Blu-ray. Like it's the only Blu-ray we have of all the Marvel. Films. My partner bought it on Blu-ray, and I said, I'm so glad you own it. The only downside is it has the original intro and not the Chadwick Boseman intro that the yeah you can stream now. But um. But then after that, I got involved in text-based uh, role-playing. So it's kind of like D&D. Okay. Um, so all the characters live in a dome in Indiana. They have, like, normal lives, and then plots happen. But you play people from, like, different fandoms. So it's really great because I play Shuri from Black Panther. And then, like, 
she's best friends with Ant-Man and Sharon Carter and she works at an arcade under John Constantine. And it's just like, so that's well, sort so of. So, so it's all fandoms. Like it's not just Marvel. It's like Marvel. No, it's all. Got like, yeah. It's all fandoms. So like my werewolf is dating um, Mia Queen. So Arrow's daughter. And then I also play, I just started playing Falcon and I just started playing MJ from Spider-Man and Ty because I, as you can probably tell, Cloak and Dagger is one of my favorite Marvel shows in general. So, yeah, and I I wanted to bring that up too because you suggested that I review that, and I did. I re, I did my little quick review over yeah. on the the Patreon page, and I really enjoyed it. And I didn't expect to. Like I thought, like you know, there wasn't a lot of buzz around this, and obviously with Marvel TV kind of changing hands, it kind of just disappeared. Like there yeah. was no season three. And all those shows that were out around the time kind of just, they just, you know, never mention them again. It's like, we don't speak of these. And, but I went back because it's on Hulu now. And I rewatched those two seasons and I loved it. I thought it was really good. And like, especially season two, it made me want to see another season. Yeah. And I don't know if we'll ever get it. Like I said, the, the, the Netflix shows are doing it. They're now kind of being brought in. So who knows? They could just show up at some point who knows like maybe they'll just show up in multiverse of madness for a quick cameo like that would even yeah. be cool but i I'd, I'd love to see more from those characters they're great and and i didn't know them either like from comic books or anything and no well and um <laughs> i have the first four of the cloak and dire comics at my partner's house but again covid happened and i was not going to his house because we were in lockdown so they're just sitting in his room forever unread yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Did you buy those from seeing the series and then you're like, oh, I'm going to get these? Uh, yeah. Um, okay. The first I watched because when I when it came out, it was coming out weekly Um, it came out. I think the first three or four episodes had come out. And so my partner wanted to go to an antique show or something. I don't know. And they had a comic section. And I was like, huh, I wonder if they had Cloak and Dagger. They had Cloak and Dagger, so I bought the first four issues. So, that's among cool. other that's things, they, uh... Yeah, I feel like that's the best kind of, like, comic finds when you go somewhere that's not even really a comic place. Um, when I was a kid, I had this little secret place where I would go for, like, back-issue comics, and it was it was a game store, like, tabletop gaming store. That's yeah. all it was devoted to. It was called Wolf Slayer Games, so it was all, like, Magic the Gathering and D&D and all this stuff. And... um they had this little, like, section in the back corner of long boxes of comic books, and I just discovered it one day. I don't know how. Like, I went in there like, what is this place? And I was like, wait, you guys have comics back here? And ended up, you know, spending hours back there digging through these back – and people don't even go there for the comics. It was literally just me and, like, one of my friends who would go there for comics. Everyone else was there for gaming stuff. Yeah, and then I discovered afterwards we actually have a comic book store in town. I just did not know it at the time. But I think it's cool. Like, um, we have a game store in town, and I feel pretty certain that he sells some comics, not a lot, because, again, he's more of the Magic the Gathering and tabletop yeah. game type of thing. So, And also, I haven't been there in, like, two and a half years, so... Yeah. When so I say we were like, in a lot of lockdown, we were in. Yeah. Um, they just opened things that, like, we just dropped our mask mandate on the 21st. Okay, yeah. I mean, we were not too far behind with the mask mandate. Um, 
it was sometime in March that they dropped it here in Ohio, at least, you know, in, in, in the States, yeah. it's like every state is different. So it's wildly yeah. different. Um, but in Ohio, I think it was early to mid March. And, but other than that, like severe lockdowns, I guess we didn't have them like some places, you know, big cities did here, like New York did. And I even live yeah. in a bigger city for Ohio. I live in the capital in Columbus. Yeah. And so it was a lot bigger population. Um, and we had more restrictions than like the people who were further out, but it's, it was, it's been really loose the past, I'd say almost a year. Like you could wear masks, but people wouldn't really say anything if someone was wearing, wasn't wearing a mask. It wasn't militant uh, at all. But, yeah. It was. So we had, we had our first lockdown. I want to say like when COVID happened to like July and then we had another one starting Christmas 2020 until um like february and then we had another one like april to last june because it ended right after my birthday and then we had another kind of one like december and january it was so um but we had vaccine passports up until april 1st i want to say yeah so yeah. see that's that's a big difference like here at least in my state we didn't have passports at all not one bit. Um, some place did like New York would have it for like restaurants and stuff like that. And like, you know, public gathering places, stadiums and stuff. Um, but like Ohio never experienced that. A lot of the Midwestern states never experienced yeah. show vaccination and stuff. So it's yeah. Just so different. Yeah. And I have quite a, like I did uh, college in Wisconsin. So I still have quite a few okay. friends and my mom's from there. So I have family from there. So I kind of know like how it was going for Wisconsin and Chicago, Illinois, that area. Um, mm. But the other part for us was <clears throat> um, at one point you could go to the movies, but you couldn't eat or drink because people were, keeping their masks off the whole time instead of just when they were eating and drinking. So yeah. I didn't think I'd get to see Spider-Man in the theater, but they lifted it. Um, we went in lockdown. So the movie theater was closed again. And then when it opened, I, um, it was like around Valentine's day. So I told my, I told my partner, I was like, can, can we go watch Spider-Man? Can that be our Valentine's Day date? So because you kept talking about it, I'm like, I really just want to see it. And I'm not even that big of Spider-Man fan. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing about that, too. It's like I still because it's not released for everyone to stream right now. Like yeah. you can buy it, but it's not available to stream on any platforms. Um, I still feel weird, like about mentioning spoilers for it, even though it's been since Christmas. You know, yeah, I'm like. I, I want to be able to talk about it. Um, I've been thinking about like doing a review of it, but it's like, I kind of, I think I just wait until everyone has access to it. And then, cause usually yeah. there's a big wave of people watching it that, you know, when that happens. So yeah. we'll see. I, I hate that. I hate that those don't end up on Disney plus, unfortunately. Um, yeah. Hopefully someday they can work something out where that can at least stream there as well. I don't know. Yeah, and at least like the first two, I could um, rewatch them on Netflix. So I wasn't because yeah. I watched the second one, I think, like four hours before I went and saw it at the theater. 
because it came out so soon after Endgame, and I was like, I just need a Marvel break. Like, I need a few months yeah. of not watching anything Marvel. Yeah. So. It, was so, it was such a big ending of an event. It was so crazy. Yeah. Like, and I remember thinking that, too. Like, it felt weird seeing a, a solo film after that, after these two massive, you know, back-to-back connected films. And then even with Ms. Marvel, like – uh, Captain, Captain Marvel? Marvel. Yeah, even with Captain Marvel, it felt weird after seeing because that was in between, right? Yeah, that was yeah. after Infinity War, and then you saw that, and then Endgame. But then, yeah, when they did Spider Man, it was like, oh, every this is all over, and then we see the aftermath, right, for the first time, yeah, of Thanos, and then we start like I don't know, it, it was weird. Okay, so then we get Black Widow, which took place beforehand. And yeah. then we get it just it got really weird for a minute there where it was like, is this before the snap? Is this after the snap? Um and then some of the series would really reference the snap, some of them not as much. Um yeah. but what have you what have you thought about overall these series? <laughs> Obviously you listen to a, a a Disney Marvel podcast on a regular basis, so you watch them. Um but what do you think like how do you compare them to each other? Um so I've talked about this a little bit with you. So your favorite and second favorite are reversed for me. So Falcon and the Winter Soldier is still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Hawkeye is comes in a close second, but still second for me. And it's I loved seeing Elena. I love Kate Bishop, and Hawkeye is still one of my favorite Avengers. But um, Falcon is hands down my favorite character. Like he has been my favorite character. I love Sam to death. And so to see him get his own show was like, yes, finally his time has come. Yeah. And his, his Captain America suit is amazing. Yeah. It was so, it was so comic book too. Like, it's like 20 years ago, like when they were making the X-Men films, they would never do that in the theater. You know, they would never or in a, in a film. They would never put someone in such a silly, you know, quote unquote, silly costume. Nowadays, yeah. it's commonplace. I love it. Yeah. And it's fun because um, when I write Sam, I wrote him to come in right at the end of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So he's got his suit and he's walking around town and people are like, what, what are you wearing, sir? <laughs> yeah, and then um, sure, he's just like, "Hey, look at my handiwork." <laughs> That's cool. So. so you're like, you're like, you debuted it to people that they had no idea what was going on. No, um, so we have spoiler rules. So if it's a series, okay. you can't bring anyone in for um, a month after the series has aired. So it kind of okay. gives people a time, um, time to watch it, um, and. Like, I don't like spoiling people. Um, it's really hard for me to get to the movies on opening weekend, even, like, the before times. And yeah. I hate being spoiled, so I don't want to do that to anyone else. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm huge into not, like, spoiling and having things spoiled. Um, I, I just – I would get so anxious, like, whenever uh, a series on TV was going to be, like, the series finale or something like that. And I would just tell people, do not ruin this for me. Because people, I don't know why people do this. Like, why do they get something out of doing that to people? Um, but, yeah, everything from, like, um, like Dexter. I was a massive Dexter fan. And um, 
originally, I remember posting on Facebook, like, listen, I don't care if you're my grandma. I don't care if you <laughs> I talk don't about hear this. what happens. Yeah. If you, if you talk about this publicly, we're not friends on here anymore. I'm sorry. The first rule of Fight Club is you don't talk about Fight Club. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I have a, a, a hate-hate relationship with spoilers as well. Yeah. And I always hesitate to talk. Like, I, I want to talk about stuff. Obviously, we talk about stuff a couple days after the release of a show on here. But you you know coming in, this is a spoiler show for the Marvel yeah. Plus series. Um, but I don't like to spoil other stuff outside of that for people. Oh, for sure. Especially the movies, like something like Spider-Man. It, not yeah. everyone's gotten a chance to see it. So, yeah. like, I feel like we're at a point where probably we can probably spoil Black Widow. Like, by this point, yeah. probably yeah. everyone has seen it, but... I like to wait until it's at least available, like, on streaming for everyone. Oh, yeah, for sure. You know? And then then it's good to go. Like, I don't mind talking about Black Widow now. Um, Spider-Man soon. I'll be open about talking about it. But that that was a little more, too. It's easier to talk about Black Widow and and not, like, ruin anyone's uh, experience. Spider-Man's a different story. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I was going to say, it's actually, I was... Because I listen to podcasts before I go to bed. And one night I was like, I just need to find, like, a podcast where people talk about Marvel shows just for a palate cleanser. Because I listen to a lot of, like, new stuff. And I just need something light and easy. And I was like, oh, this sounds good. Like, three episodes into your podcast, it was like, well, I need to go to bed. So I should probably turn this off. That's awesome. Did you start like or did you start from the beginning of it or just yeah. jump in like okay. Yeah, I started at the beginning. Well, um, then you saw me evolve from like oh, uh, for sure. not, not very good talking into my phone to, you know, what I do now which is like arguably better than that. Um but yeah, I, that's awesome. That's awesome. I don't know if I've actually met anyone that that um that said that they the beginning rather than just maybe going back. Like I've got other people who are like, oh, I've, I've been listening, um, and, and then they'll be like, oh, I just listened to this old episode you did. I I didn't realize you mentioned this. I'm like, oh, cool. Well, that's why I wanted to do it because if I'm gonna if I'm gonna ask you questions and send you like my opinions, I'd like to go in order because I don't want to look like a complete idiot. <laughs> yeah. And also, like that's just how I am. I just go in order. That being said, I definitely rushed through WandaVision so I could get to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I enjoyed WandaVision, yeah. but my favorite episodes were the episodes with Darcy. And yeah. yeah. Blue. Less so than Wanda. I really enjoyed this, like how they did all the sh- like the episodes, like 60s, 70s, all that. But it wasn't my yeah. favorite. And I think it's because I don't I like Wanda, but she's not my favorite character. Yeah. Yeah, I found it I think I had too much my my biggest problem with that is too much expectation going in. I had all these ideas of what could happen because of what had happened in comics with Wanda and you know, introducing the X-Men and and I was just like so like hoping they would give a little nugget of that and and they never did, you know. So that that's kind of my fault. But then also, yes, I love that it did something wildly different that we'd ever seen with the with the different genres of TV and I'm such a fan of TV and film from the past and present, but that that it was cool to see it, like the evolution put in front of a camera. Yeah. Like they're like, we're going to show the evolution of, of what people have been experiencing. I love that about it. I just didn't care about how it wrapped up. Like I didn't find it as, as, uh, 
I liked all the cool, unique stuff about it. Yeah. But when it came down to just the boss fight, I was like, eh, nothing. Yeah. Um, that's how I felt about it too. Um, I will say, I don't have a, have an opinion on Loki. I still haven't finished it. Every time I sit down and watch it, I get like 20 minutes into the episode and I'm like, I have other things I can do, which sounds pretty bad because I like Loki, but obviously it has not been my favorite series. It's the only one I haven't finished. I've finished everything else. Well, I mean, you should because it definitely t- ties into yeah. like, the stuff that's about to happen with but, like uh, 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 multiverse of madness and stuff like that. Um, so, have, yeah. so have you watched What If? Yeah, I have watched okay. What If. Okay, and What If is a direct result of Loki, so it's it's yeah. Kinda... And I know what happens in Loki. I just mm. have to make myself sit down and watch it. The problem is, is too like I'll get I'll be like, oh, I want to read or. I want a game or this. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, I really need to watch it. My plan was to watch it before I talked to you, but obviously that did not happen. Well, that's all right, because we're not actually here to talk about. It's true. We aren't. We are here to talk about Moon Knight. So before we jump into the episode, what what are you thinking so far? Like, how are you feeling so far about Moon Knight in comparison to the other shows? Like, how's it? Are you excited I'm more excited than I thought I would be. So um, I'm a person who deals with nightmares. So based on the um, the teaser trailer and the trailer, I was hesitant to even watch it because I was like, I don't know if this is for me. But then you asked me to be a guest, and I was like, I'm going to give it a try because I watch all the Marvel shows, and I've enjoyed it way more than I thought I would. Like. Yeah. Um, I really like what they're doing. Um, I told my friend, I was like, I don't know if, I know you have kids. I don't know if they've, um, read anything by Rick Riordan, but I called Moon Knight if Rick Riordan and Marvel had a baby and then threw in a little bit of darkness. This would be it. Yeah. No, that author sounds familiar. What, what book? Um, he did, he's done like the Percy Jackson book. So he does like a lot okay. of mythology. So, um, he That's actually, yeah, he has an Egyptian uh, trilogy who um, <clears throat> features this particular god. Mm-hmm. I just have to. So, um, but that's how I felt, especially like in the first ten or fifteen minutes when it's just Stephen at the museum being yeah. Stephen <laughs> at the museum. Yeah, yeah. I I guess like thinking about that now, I kind of get those vibes too. Like, um, very much Percy Jackson. Uh, at least the film. I don't know about the books, but my son has read the first book or first two books, and so you are correct. Yes, uh, my kids are at the level of the, like reading that, and he enjoys the Percy Jackson series. We've been getting other like I think I I think last week we got the new, not the newest, the next book in the series for him, like book okay. two. <laughs> so yeah, he's into it. And Disney um, is remaking, is doing a series of Percy Jackson, so. Like oh. they're in the really early stages. They're just doing casting right now, but they're the movies were atrocious compared to the books. <laughs> I liked the movies, mm. but I feel like a TV series would probably be better for it anyway. Man, I feel that way about almost everything now. Like everything could be told in such a better way through, like, in a serialized drama or like a drawn out series a 10-part or an 8-part or whatever they choose. These six-part series have been, I think, awesome. An awesome length to tell. I think six is great. Yeah. Yeah. 
without without because you know the Netflix shows well, are some of my favorite. Like the Daredevil series, I think is one of the best of all time. And but but the problem is that no matter what, when you've got ten to twelve episodes of a show, there's going to be some filler in there. There's going to be some episodes yeah. that take you off and do something else just to fill an episode. Yeah, and it made it. Um, I didn't watch Daredevil. I watched Daredevil the first season, but not till after it come out, um, like a couple months or something. And with that many episodes, I struggle if I haven't been watching it when it's aired. So I still haven't actually, I've finished the first two seasons, but I haven't even finished the third season because it's just, it's a lot. For me, the commitment, even though I know it's not that much, feels overwhelming. Whereas six episodes, I'm like, I can do that. I can do that in a weekend if I really wanted. Yeah. I mean, it's literally, it's the difference between maybe four hours and like 10 to 12 hours. So it it is a huge undertaking. It's like watching two series instead of one. Um, And like I said, I love the series, but I'd be lying if if I said that like there was no filler in it. But these Disney series... I can pretty much say that I haven't noticed any filler. It's straight to the point they're telling a solid story, yeah. especially like like Hawkeye was like boom, boom, boom. It was like three days, and it, it was the whole story was over. And it was seen like every time you came back in the next episode, it was continuing right where the last one left off. There was no like side quests or anything. It was just like yeah. this is Yeah, exactly. And Disney is like we have these six episodes. Mm-hmm. This is what we have to do. This is where we want to start. This is where we want to finish. And boom, done. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And there's there's shorter episodes, too, and most of the time. I love that, too. I love that now, it's not just Disney. I, I've seen other companies doing it as well, like Amazon, yeah. and stuff, where they yeah. will do varied lengths of episodes. Yeah. And I think that's awesome, too. It's like, okay, how long do you need to make this episode to tell the story? That's what we're going to make it. We're not going to say it has to be one hour it has to be 45 minutes exactly and i think sometimes like show like obviously network shows don't have that flexibility but i find like even some shows still feel like they have to fill that that has to be like between 42 and 43 minutes it's like but you're on a streaming service so you really don't have to do that you can be however long you need to be to tell this particular part of the story yeah and the, and the great thing about series is is like you know, people complain sometimes that movies are too long, like, you know, Zack Snyder's Justice League and even the new The Batman is really long. And like my wife hates that. She's like, it's so why is it so long? It doesn't need to be long. And that's true. I think it goes down a lot smoother when it's in a series format. Yeah. You know, it's like if you can just watch it in 45 minute chunks, you don't mind watching six hours of a story. Exactly. So, and it gives the story like room to breathe. You can tell the whole story. You can be truer to the source material if you want to be. Uh, you don't have to cut a bunch of stuff out to make it fit into a two-hour film or even three-hour film. These series yeah. are way longer than the Batman. You know, yeah. You put it all together, but it doesn't feel that way because it's it's a it's a bunch of a little episodes. But even if you watch it back to back, I feel like it wouldn't feel like oh man, I just sat and watched something for six hours or whatever. Yeah. But, exactly. Yeah, so far, I'm really enjoying Moon Knight. I like that it's once again different. Yeah, like, exactly. Is, is, they're taking chances here, and I love it. Like they're people always like eventually the, the haters at least will complain, and even some people who love the Marvel series or Marvel films 
complain that it's a little formulaic. It's the same thing over and over. They're afraid to go outside of their comfort zone. I think these series is their place to like have fun and like try new things and just throw stuff out there. And if people like it, they like it. If they don't, they don't. I feel like the series have been a pretty much a hit though. Like everyone is loving these series, even if you have them in different order than other people. Some people think Loki's the best. Some people think Winter Soldier's the best. I love that, that there's something for everybody. Exactly. And it works out great. So, I mean, you go to the movies, you kind of know what you're going to get. The TV series, maybe you like more of a sitcom feeling. Well, then you're going to love WandaVision. Yeah. Maybe you liked seeing different universes in animated form. What if is your, your ticket? Yeah. I wonder if they will start to, I'm guessing they probably will start to bleed some of these things into the films. Like this is almost a testing ground, you know, like. I feel like, yeah, sorry, go ahead. But yeah. No, I I was just saying, I feel like they're, they're kind of starting to do that. Obviously I feel like the what if thing was to kind of get us comfortable with the the multiverse and stuff before they gave us the multiverse. multiverse. (laughs) Right. Um, and just stuff like that. I feel like it's almost like a testing ground. They they do the same thing with comics nowadays. Most comics that are written are written to someday be turned into a series or a movie because that's just the path that things take. Um, that's where people hope – people write comics now with the intention of having it made into something, which in the past that was never a thing. Like it was very rare to get a comic book-based film. So people would just do whatever you know, creatively. Now it – it is a little more formulaic in comic book writing because they're trying to make a series out of it. They're they're like, oh, hopefully this will be turned into a series one day. And I don't know. I just things change. I think that, but that's their testing ground, right? So the comics are where they come up with stories um, and hope that maybe it'll work in a film or series. Um, and I think we're gonna. I think we'll continue to see that. We'll see, like, what people like in comics will become a series or film, and what what happens in the series or film will beget more of the same. Like, but I'm glad that it's it's starting to change up a little bit. It's not as repetitive. Yeah, exactly. It's and it's refreshing. I mm-hmm. wish DC had the ability to do stuff like this, but I just yeah. I gave up after uh, Batman versus Superman. I just I. I yeah. I'll yeah. probably try the new Batman movie, but it's not going to be for a while. It's 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 very different. It's a very different film. It's it's okay. a it's a noir detective film. It's, okay. it's different Batman than you've ever really experienced on screen. Way more like if you were reading a Batman comic, I think. Okay. Um, so, just a lot, a lot more dramatic. A lot more, you know. Um. I don't know, thoughtful. I liked it. I liked it a lot. That's good. Uh, but yeah, let's let's jump into the episode. We're like yes. three minutes into this podcast. <laughs> we haven't even started the episode. Okay. Um, so before we jump into the episode, I did want to yeah. I made a note. Um I'm a person, I hear things and I'm like, oh, I need to research this. Um so multiple personality disorder is actually disassoci- disassociative personality disorder now, not multiple personality. Yes. Yes, I, I've heard that. Um, I still, I'm 
fallible. I mess it up yeah. because of my oh, life. Sure. I've heard the other. Um, but yeah, I tried to. I think in the last episode we brought it up and I tried to correct that. I was like, I think it's called something different now. Um, but yeah, for sake of clarity, that's that's what we're discussing here with. Yeah. Um, okay. I have to start out with the beginning of the episode when Stephen is like rushing out of bed and falls. I'm like, oh, I have never felt like I related more to a comic book or like superhero than this very moment. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, um, <clears throat> that was great. Like I said, from the other series, it's, it's starting out right where we left off. So that yeah. The stuff just happened at the museum. Next thing we know, Mark's waking up in bed. And he doesn't know. Like, you know, is it – was that a dream? Uh, did it really happen like the other stuff? And he's like – he remembers – the last thing he remembers is Mark saying, give me control, give me control. Yeah. And that's it. Like, he doesn't know how it actually turned out. So he goes into work really nervous. And here, I wanted to mention this. He, I should know this as a Star Wars fan. I should know this. But I didn't know that this was a fake accent. And I'm sure, like, my British listeners are like, how dare you? How dare you not know that's a fake? But I really thought – I bought it, man. I was like, wait a minute. Is Oscar Isaac British? And then he's usually just doing an American accent because a lot of actors do that. Oh, for sure. Like Hugh Laurie in and they're uh, much, they're, House. Yeah. They're, and they're much better at it, I feel like, than we are of doing their accent. They're much better at doing ours um, for the most part. And I always – I listen to a lot of British podcasts, and they're always calling out people doing silly British accents. They're like, that is not – that's not how we talk. So – um. I thought, watching this, I'm like, wait a minute, is he British or is he's not American? He's he's Guatemalan uh, originally, born, I guess. Yeah. Um, but he does speak with a very like American English accent, so it's not. It's 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 definitely more Mark than it is Stephen. Yes, I um, I was like, I'm pretty certain that the British accent is fake. But I will say Oscar Isaac has a good ear for accents because his French sounded like really fantastic. Yeah, I feel like I feel like Europeans in general are a little better when it comes to like because they have so many people in close close proximity with. I know in Canada you do have a lot of French speaking. Yeah, I I live near the French. I, I live near the Quebec Ontario border, and yeah, it's. Um, there are a lot of French towns and a lot of French speaking people. Um, not so much the further west you get into the country or like in, into Canada. Um, French kind of dies out because you're getting further from Quebec. But yeah, yeah, we do have. I mean, our official languages are English and French, so we definitely yeah. have French. So you would recognize that, yeah. That that's cool. So he goes into work. Yeah. Um, and right away, now that guard that he's talking to wasn't he in the last Scotty. episode? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, wasn't Scotty in the last episode? Didn't he reveal himself to be with? I thought he revealed himself to be with Arthur. No, no. Um, I think I think he was talking to 
like I think Stephen was talking to the security guard, and then the security guard walked away, and I think it was a different employee because okay. that security guard, I think, this is the only time we saw him was when Stephen was like, "Please don't let this person in," and he's like, "My job is to let people into the museum." Yeah, yeah, it's a museum. It's a public place. Yeah. Yeah, but one thing I wanted to say is I I thought the camera work was really cool when he's walking in and it goes upside down and follows him, and I'm like, if that's not a good uh, imagery for like the rest of the episodes like his life is just going to get turned upside down yeah and i've noticed that a lot of camera work like that in this with like um just kind of disconcerting like imagery like doing camera work that makes you feel uncomfortable you know makes you feel a little dizzy or uh, disoriented and it makes yeah it, it works perfectly it's like it's a metaphor for what's going on in this series yeah, exactly. So he goes in and takes a look at the s- surveillance video. And, it, you know, we knew it was going to happen. It was going to be like, he, he's not, he, he, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. I mean, I didn't know it would be like that necessarily. Um, but, yeah, it looks like he's running from nothing and that he just destroyed the bathroom. Like, he just, that's what he did. Right. My, my notes literally say... Bold of him to think it would be on the camera. Yeah. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, no one believes anything he's going through. Like, of course no. it's not. Of course it's not going to be. So he ends up being fired, being sacked, as he says. And naturally, it's suggested that he check into a, a mental health facility, maybe. Um, his job is set up. They're like, hey, here's a nice place for you to go. And Stephen actually, like, basically agrees. He probably needs some psychiatric help. He needs to check in somewhere, maybe be on medication. Um, yeah, he thinks it's probably something going on that shouldn't be going on. I did love, though, that when the HR guy goes, now, I know this sounds like HR, but you're not alone in this. And he goes, that's the problem. I'm like, yeah. at least he knows what the problem is. Yeah, that's kind of the problem, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So, and, and I thought... um by the way, he goes out, like, once he gets fired, he goes out, and he talks to the, the Golden Mime statue guy. Yeah. And I feel really stupid because I watched that whole first episode, and I thought it was an actual statue. I didn't know. <laughs> I had no idea that that was a mime until I, – I don't remember where I – I think I heard someone else's review, and they're like, oh, and then he goes out and talks to the mime. I was like, what yeah, mime? Yeah, the living statue, Yeah. Yeah. And I know this is a thing. Like, I've seen it, um, especially in other countries. It doesn't seem to be as much here, maybe in New York City. um, Yeah, I feel like that would be a place to have it if they were, if y'all were going to have it. Yeah. But other than that, I've, like, me personally, I've never seen that in real life. Have you ever seen that? Have you ever seen a living set? I'm trying to think. No. I might have seen one in Ottawa, but it would have been, like, in the mid aughts so I don't yeah. remember. Yeah, I saw. Um, so I've seen them online, and that's it. Like I've seen them yeah. on Facebook, stuff like that, Instagram. Uh, but I got to say, that dude who did that part, <laughs> awesome. Because I, I really believe for a whole episode that's he was a real sketch. I wonder if that's actually the guy's job because he was like really a oh, stellar it, at it. It has to be. It has to be. He's way too good at it. Yeah. He, the only time I saw him move was not in the first episode, in the second episode, when he quickly glances over when, when Oscar Isaac yeah. comes in. And yeah. he glances. That's it. But 
yeah, that dude's awesome. I just wanted to mention that dude, give him props because for sure, <laughs> he's awesome. Um, so Stephen finds out that that the key that he found hidden in the wall actually goes to a storage facility, and when he gets there, it's like this Jason Bourne spy shit. It's like cash, guns, passports, <laughs> different identities. And I'm like, is this series taking a different turn? Is it going to be more like spy thriller now than psychological thriller? It's actually the we're, we just have to wait five minutes and Jason Bourne will show up. Yeah, it seemed um, that way like that for a minute. But Stephen's reaction to the gun when he pulls it out and like throws it, I was like, oh, yes, I'm actually Stephen because that would be me. What? I, no, no, I do not need this. No one needs me to have a gun. Yeah. Yeah, very uncomfortable. You know, this speaks to Oscar Isaac. I think he does so good at um, playing these different parts so close together. Um, like one other person I know that's really good at that is if you've ever seen the Flash TV series, um, the guy who plays uh, the reverse Flash in that, the guy who plays um, – God, his name's eluding me now. But um, basically he plays multiple versions of himself. And okay. every season, he's a different version of the same guy, but with a wildly different personality. Seems like so much fun. But I guarantee you this this series was a lot of fun for Oscar Isaac to oh, for sure. play, play different people in the same role. Oh, for sure. And it made me – it kind of reminded me of um, – I can't think of her name. The actress from – or the actor from iZombie because she takes on the personality of whoever's – of whoever's brain she eats. So she's constantly playing way different people. So Oscar Isaac though is terrific in both roles, whether or not it stays too, I guess we'll find out. Yeah. And I love that. I love that we're in an era too, where working in TV is not looked down upon because, you know, in years past when I was a kid, movie actors didn't do TV and you know what I mean? TV actors rarely made it to be movie actors. Oh, it was like sure. this. It was a separation, and it's sad because you can see what kind of great storytelling they can make with these fantastic, great film actors coming into the series space. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't, I didn't think to look it up, but I really like the actor who plays Layla. Like she's, she's doing a a great job. She like. It, it's great because you can see her frustration thinking like Mark is just playing some long con on her. Yeah. Not to jump ahead. No, that's fine. And, and you know, thinking about like that's even to think that someone was playing a con, that would be so maddening, like, and that he wouldn't drop it. Um, but it's just so crazy. It's such a crazy thing. It's such, it's such a crazy circumstance that they're yeah. doing Exactly. And it kind of made me wonder, like, at what point would I start thinking, okay, this person truly believes he is this other person, not my husband, but this other completely different British guy who likes poetry. Right, right. So and and, and clearly some of his other life bleeds into this life because his favorite poet is her favorite poet. Somehow that like bled through and he doesn't realize that it was her favorite poet. He thinks in his head it's it's always been his favorite poet. Yeah. So that's kind of neat too. And that brings something up that I do want to talk about. That's okay. Maybe a little side sidetrack here, but it's about the episode overall and, and this idea of him being these two different people. So 
I'm sure it will be revealed, but right now I'm just like, who was the original? I, it, it seems like Mark has been around forever because he's been with Layla for a long time. They've had an established relationship. He had enough time to become a mercenary. So it, it seems like he was the original. Um, and see the comic book background from what I hear, I, I don't like the only thing I don't like about talking about comic book background and stuff I don't know is you got all the all the haters are like, you never read the comic. What are you talking about? I, I definitely will, did I, not read the comic, so yeah. any any hater can come at me. I have no opinion about the comics. Yeah, I will. I will happily admit that my knowledge comes from others with knowledge when it comes to comic book background and Moon Knight. I know very little comic book background. I like X Men and Wolverine and Batman. That's pretty much the only comic book background I know. The other stuff has been like what I've gained, like knowledge I've gained from other characters showing up in those comics or other people who know those characters really well telling me about them. So, yeah, full disclosure, uh, I'm not an expert on Moon Knight. But in the comics, it was always Mark Spector. Mark Spector was the original guy. And when they when they decided to go with the idea of him having different identities, they originally wrote it like he has always had different identity since being a child, but that it kind of went dormant for a long time until he was killed and resurrected by Khonshu. Then it like reignited and then he created these, you know, different identities. Um, but yeah, so in that version, Stephen was, or not Stephen, Mark was like the primary, right? Like he was the person who developed other personalities. Okay. I don't know what they'll do with the series. I don't know if they're going to take it back to be like, he's always kind of had another personality <clears throat> or if they're going to tell us that, you know, I, I just, I'm trying to figure it out because it's like, when did this happen? Did it just happen a couple months ago? Is that the first time he ever appeared? Um, how does he have a childhood to remember? Like, is there going to be an episode where Mark goes, Tell me about your first girlfriend. And he's like, uh, and he's like, okay, tell me, tell me something from your, like, where are your childhood photos? You know, and, and just him being like, I don't know. Like, you know, realizing that he hasn't always been alive. See, again, not having any comic book background. Um, I like your opinion on it because I came at it from an opposite point of view, only because mm -hmm. Mark made the comment, um, you get used to it. Yes. And that made me think like he spent so much time. And obviously, like Layla said, you haven't called me back in a month or months or whatever. So mm -hmm. it made me wonder if maybe Mark might be the original, but that they're now like 50-50 sharing time. Only yeah. Steven doesn't realize it because he's always blacking out when it happens. Yeah. There's another comment made in the episode, too, that would steer you that way. Because Mark says, when all this is over, when I complete my mission, I'll be out of your life. You'll never hear from me again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was how the other that? line, too. Yeah, so yeah. how does that work? If he's the primary, if he's he's the original, how can he just – and why would he just give up his – 
life completely to this other identity. Like maybe he thinks that Stephen could be happier than Mark could. I think I wonder if he thinks like Stephen. He um, like he just wants a normal life. Like that's all he wants. He wants to go out on a date. Which, by the way, I hope by the end of the episode, Stephen gets to go on a date. Um. He just wants a normal life. He doesn't want to be hurting people. He doesn't want to be running away. He just wants to go to work, eat some vegan food, go to bed, and not wake up in the middle of a field not knowing what the hell is happening. Yeah. So I feel like Mark thinks that that's something he can give Stephen as long as he finishes this and it doesn't affect Layla in the future. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe so. Maybe it's maybe it's a, a selfless act. You know, it's like I can let this other person live a happy life, whereas he has all this baggage, this terrible stuff that he's done. He's going to be tortured by it. He's, he doesn't feel like he's a good person. Maybe, you know, he's killed a lot of people. Stephen's like this innocent, fresh start for someone. You know, And, and it looks like Stephen could easily fall in love with Layla. So mm-hmm. Stephen could potentially give Layla something Mark is unable to give her. Yeah, and maybe Mark thinks, like, she deserves that, you know? Yeah, um, because he obviously like, loves her and is doing all of this to keep her safe, essentially. Yeah, So. yeah. It, it's it's just, it's maddening to think about, though. Like, who came first? What, you know, obviously I think they're going to tell us eventually, but that's part of the show, man, is, like, speculation. It's fun. It's fun yeah, to think exactly. about stuff before it's revealed. Another reason I love this weekly release schedule, like, take us back to the 90s, when, you know, you had to wait. You had to wait a week. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And I think I think that also helps, like, for me personally to not feel overwhelmed. Like, I have yeah. an episode, and I can keep on top of that easily. And there aren't, yeah. like, three or four Marvel shows coming out at one time. Mm-hmm. If they dropped the six episodes all at once, like, you know, Netflix does, this show wouldn't exist. I wouldn't be doing this. There's well, no It would be so hard. It would be like, let's talk about the first episode. Okay, but you can only watch the first episode because otherwise you're going to start spoiling things in like episodes four or five. Right. And then who's going to who's going to watch if they've already binged all six and you're still on episode two? You know, like who's going to listen to that? They're going to look for the person who has reviewed them all like that the moment they released. Yeah, exactly. So, So. It's tough. I did it with a Jack Reacher series like a couple months ago, and they all released at once. And I was, of course, I'm behind the eight ball. I'm like, the whole time I'm playing catch up because I want to talk about each one individually. And everyone else is like, dude, it's it's over now. What are you doing? But I don't know. It it was still fun, but I don't think I could do it with the Marvel series if they dropped like that. It would just be too much. It would be too much it would be too much it would be too much of a hassle and you'd probably lose like half the people who listen because they'd be like okay well you're on episode two and we've already watched it so we don't care yeah yeah i feel exactly like that like but thank god i love that it's like this and but it's still modern in the sense that you can rewatch it anytime you want it's streaming you know exactly i love waiting for it but still being able to watch it or rewatch it whenever i and yeah, exactly, because there is no way by the time we get to episode six, if I come back for the round table, I will mm-hmm. I will need to rewatch everything to remember yeah. everything. Like I yeah. have to rewatch the first episode twice before I started episode two. 
just to remind yeah. myself of everything that happened in that one. Yeah, I do the same thing. I, I watch it by myself. I watch it with my son. I rewatch it and take notes. I've seen this episode a lot this week. Um, I watched it three times, which is a lot so, for me in like 48 hours. That is, yeah, it is a lot for anyone. Um, so let's see. Mark, uh, you know, constantly trying to tell Stephen, like, hey, I, you know, you weren't supposed to see this. It's okay. Just just give me the body. Give me the body, man. Give me the body. Let me do this. I'll do this one thing, and I'll be out of your life. Um, and he he finds out at least a little bit. There's a little bit of exposition here where, where Mark tells him, like, we serve Khonshu. Um, you know, we owe him for resurrecting us. Um, I just have to complete this work. And we find out that that skeleton bird thing from episode one is Conchu, which I wasn't sure of going that, into this episode. That bothered me. Like, the mm-hmm. the way they have him bothers me a little bit. Because um, when you look at how he actually looks like in Egypt, he he does not look like a freaking plague doctor, which is what I keep thinking every time I see his beak. Mm-hmm. Because he's supposed to have, like, like um, in the drawings and stuff, he has, like... Uh, bird speaks like a cardinal or a crow or something like it's like a much, much less yeah. it's much less elephant trunk beak and more of like <laughs> yeah. bird you see in your backyard beak yeah <laughs> that's interesting yeah I, I haven't actually seen a, a another version of that so I'm gonna have to look at it now see what he's I actually he did it like. yesterday because I was like he looks this there's no way he looks like this in the yeah. mythology and I was right yeah yeah. Uh, so Stephen is like refusing. I'm not giving you the body. Uh, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go get some help at a facility. That's what I'm going to do. Um, and then starts being chased by Khonshu through this place. He and he runs out. He's freaking out. And that's when the these episodes get real chaotic when Khonshu's like showing up. It gets. Yeah, that's when it becomes a psychological thriller. It's like scary. And you kind of go through what Mark's going through or not what what Stephen's going through. Yeah. Um, but as he's running away, he runs into Layla and she quickly reveals to him that like, uh, you're my husband. We're married. And he's like, what, what is going on here? So yeah, now he's palling around with Layla. So you mentioned, uh, the actress earlier. Uh, the only thing that I noticed that. It was a little jarring to me as I could hear her accent slip a couple times. And I was like, she's yeah. not American. <laughs> yeah, I could tell. Yeah, I, I heard it slip a couple times. Mm-hmm. But I figured, you know, keeping up accents is hard. So I'm going yeah. to reserve judgment. Like if it happened every time, I'd probably judge her. But I figure... That's not something I can do. So it's like someone trying to learn English. Yeah. I'm not going to judge you for trying to do something for work or to better your life. Yeah, hundred percent. I um, <laughs> but I th- I love her though as, as a character. Like she's a oh badass. for sure. <laughs> and um, what I loved on the bike, like <laughs> like when she called him a Victorian Duchess or whatever, because he's just holding yeah. her shoulders. Well, how do I hold you? Right. Very uncomfortable. Like he's very uncomfortable. Yeah. He doesn't know how to be. Um. But so yeah, they're they're running away. You know what? Why? So he's running from country and just runs into her. Because she was tracking then, his phone. 
But weren't they being chased by someone? Because she's like, okay, the people aren't fine. Okay, so he believes he's being chased. Yeah. She doesn't see them, though. So they're I getting away. She, I think she phrased it like, oh, okay, we're away. You can drop back. Right. Less because she believes him and more because she's just kind of like, okay, I'll just say this if it'll make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And so we find out that, you know, Mark keeps appearing and saying, like, don't bring her into this. You are putting her in danger every time you, like, talk to her. Get away from her. And he's just trying to figure out what the heck, you know, he's, like, trying to figure out what is going on with his life. So, yeah, he wants her around. She's telling him things uh, about himself. And she seems to have been very involved, too, like. And it wasn't like Moon Knight was the secret identity or something like she knew everything about it. In fact, she helped him um, do some stuff. We find out later that um, he he went into Egypt and killed some people to get the scarab originally. And she is like aware of everything. She knows that he has a suit that comes out. Um, and. <laughs> So, so there's Not no secret. Not with Cycle Colonel Sanders. Yes. Sorry, I yes, died that, with the yeah, the actual suit, not Psycho Colonel Sanders. Right, but I kind of love that suit. I love the Mister Knight suit, whatever they're calling yeah. it. Um, yeah, we'll get to that. But Mark, yeah. um, Mark doesn't tell him this. Uh, Layla r- reveals that they're getting divorced as well. Like he had no idea. It's like yeah. I would never divorce you. And um, so she's even more like, what is up with this dude? Like, why are you so – why are you doing this? And I think that's when she starts to really believe him because he's so far – like, he's taking it so far. Like you said, when would you start believing? Like, okay, he doesn't believe it himself that he's this guy. Um, and I think she eventually starts to just because he's so adamant. Yeah. yeah. And different, and, and he's, he he's scared French. of everything. Yeah, yeah, right, right. He's like, and he does like he knows. He's surprised that she knows how to read glyphs. He's surprised that she speaks French, like all this stuff. Re- and it's it's convincing to her, like, oh, he really, he really doesn't know me. This is wild. So yeah, we get that more exposition. This told us a lot without telling us too much. Like I said, there's a yeah. lot of questions still. But we do find out that there, he wanted to get divorced, and we also find out that he was doing that to protect her, though. He was yeah. just trying to get away from her to protect her from the danger that he's in. And and e- even more that we'll find out, like, at the very end, too. Um, but so Stephen, Stephen ends up being taken by the, the – I think they actually are police officers, but they're also – Members of this guild of this um, commune or whatever serving. Yeah. Them. yeah, I didn't get an either or like feeling from them. I got a, I am a police officer, but also I'm not going to take you to the station because Harold would like to speak to you. Yeah, so they get there, and then we get this a lot more information. We get Arthur Harrow's version of events, and we learn a lot more about Kanshu, a lot more about Amit. And I, I thought this was a great this this whole scene where Arthur Arthur is such a great villain. I think, yeah, like he's just he really is 
kind of a scary dude without doing super scary stuff. Like just the way he talks, he's a little like, you know, he's so nice. He's so gentle and he's so, but at the same time, you know, he can do serious damage. It's scary to be around him. I think this is how cults start. Yes. Yes. He's a hundred percent like a cult leader. And it's, it's just really off. It's, it's really uncomfortable. I think he's a great villain. So oh, far. for sure. And like Ethan Hawke does a fantastic yes. job at the role. Yeah. Um, but like when he's guessing what, um, my Conchu. brain, well, yeah, when Conchu, like he guesses everything Conchu is saying and Stephen yeah. is just like, uh, repeating it. But mm-hmm. what got me was he's like, oh, he can't hurt you. I'm like, Dude, just because he can't hurt Stephen does not mean Stephen isn't going to startle every time, like, a bull drops. Have you met the man? Yeah. Yeah. He, he's a finicky gentleman. But also, yeah, I it was interesting, though, that Kanchu can affect things, like knock stuff down, make the wind yeah. pick up, stuff like that. But he can't physically, at least what we hear from Arthur, hurt him, like, grab him, hit him, whatever. Um. But Arthur explains a lot. He he explains that he used to be Conchu's avatar before Mark. Um, he was the original avatar. That's why he knows him so well. That's how he knows what he's saying to him. That's why he knows um, who he is and what his plans are and whatnot. And he explains that, you know, he used to serve Conchu, but he found a better god in Amit, who yeah. not where Conchu punishes people after the fact, like, you know, normal justice system does. Um Maybe a little more violently than the normal justice system does by killing them. But um, Amit goes into your future as well and can tell if you're going to commit evil and just nips you in the butt, takes you out early. So it's the it's it's the dueling ideas, right? It's like, do we stop evil before it happens or do we allow someone to commit evil? Because would they commit it if they didn't do it? Like if they had the opportunity to to change, maybe they would have. But yeah, Amit kills people beforehand. And that's the biggest difference. He's saying Kanshu um, has been outcast, basically. Uh, The other gods don't respect him. I don't know if that's true yet. We'll we'll find out. Um, But definitely that Kanshu and Amit have... Ultimately, the same goals, but very different ways of doling out yeah, justice. Definitely and different. Very minority report for Amit, like killing people before they commit a crime. Um, but that's the whole thing. And Stephen's like, okay, okay, that's kind of weird. Um, but as soon as he realizes, wait a minute, does that also mean children? Your child murderers now? Um, he's not on board at all. He's like, okay, I don't want anything to do with Kanchu or Amit. I want nothing to do with any of this. Yeah, exactly. And I think, not that I am pro-crime by any means, but I feel like there's a lot of nuance in why crime is committed. And I feel like if you're judging someone um, who committed a crime in self-defense versus someone who just goes on a killing spree and they are treated the same way, then there's something wrong with your system. Right. Also, I mean, that applies to everything. Exactly. Most crime, a lot of crime is product of environment, right? Like a lot of crime. Why are 
why are inner cities so crime ridden? Because there's such a lack of money and infrastructure in the in the city. Like because, it's a much, exactly because right. I mean, black people, the white people fled to the suburbs where all the money is, and black people are just kind of left to yes. do what they can. So, but I feel like. But it was just the way Stephen came to the realization, like he's talking it out himself. And all of a sudden he's like, he's like, oh, this guy's not that. He's feeding me vegan soup. And then all of a sudden he's like, (laughs) right. One second. I I don't think I like children being murdered. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a a bridge too far. I'm not down with kid killing. And then he realized, like, everyone around him, they're perfectly okay with it. So he he's like, nope, I'm out of here. Layla shows up. Kind of giving the distraction. Yes. Um, But, you know, the whole time she's like, summon the suit, summon the suit. And um, he's like, what, summon the suit? I don't know what you're saying. Um, But he, uh, but we do find out that, like, yeah, this suit is something that's inside of him. It's not like a suit he goes and puts on anywhere or anything like that. It manifests itself. So he is. They're running from this thing. He doesn't want to hand power over to Mark. And uh, oh, I guess I skipped that Arthur created another jackal to chase them down, along with all of his followers are chasing them as well. Because that's so, what you want. Yeah. So um, he eventually does summon a suit, as we mentioned before. And I think the suit's badass. I love I it. I loved it. It is not <laughs> Egyptian and it is not the oh. suit Mark wears. But Oscar oh. Isaac and Stephen, he pulled it off. He looked great. And it still protected it. him. He didn't get hurt when he fell. Yeah. So. And I'm not sure about comic origins. I know that, like, in the comics, he had three personalities, not two. Um, and then that this Mr. Knight character, I think, may have been introduced in more recent years, but it's not an old – it's not a, a character that's been around. Um, but what I find interesting is what they're doing in the series. It's almost like Mark – has an alter ego of Moon Knight. Now, Steven has an alter ego of Mr. Knight. It's like they each have their own superhero version to turn into. I don't know if that's what they're trying to say here, but that's kind of what I got. It's like, oh, this is if Steven is in control and um, uses the power, he becomes this thing. But if Mark's in control, he becomes this other thing. Which makes sense because there are two completely different people. So why would the suits be the same? Right. And so I love that he gives it a shot and he's actually fighting this thing off pretty well as this character. And but it just can't quite do it. Eventually has to hand over the reins to Mark to, to finish this beast off, to finish, like to kill the monster. He can't pull it off. It's kind of winning. So he eventually gives power over to Mark. Mark turns into Moon Knight and then he's like. It's easy for him. Like, he goes flying across the rooftops. He impales this dude on a tower. It's fantastic. It, it, yes. It's great Marvel action. Um, and I love Moon Knight. I love the way he looks. I, I think he's such a cool yes. character. So much different, too, than, like, what we've seen. We haven't seen this, like... The only gods and goddesses we've dealt with is, like, Thor, Loki, uh, yeah. you know, the Nordic gods. This is really cool that they're bringing in this Egyptian gods and a, a, a kind of a mystical superhero 
ancient mystical superhero. But I think he looks so badass. I love this outfit. I love the outfit. Like, I love that it has underneath is a mummy because it mm-hmm. feels completely Egyptian and it feels very yes. unlike um, how they made the god look. Yeah. The suit, the suit, is, the suit feels more Egyptian than um, it's a day. I can't remember things. <laughs> but I wrote it down. I really did. But where in my notes I wrote it down, I I could not tell you. Oh, I believe there it you is. Know, Konsu. <laughs> yeah, people uh people listening, they're always going to be a step ahead of you, and I've just I've just I've just become okay with that. Like, I'm going to be sitting here going, "What's the word? What's the word?" and everyone's going to be up like, "Konsu." <laughs> I've done well, that every time that you have a guest and you guys forget names. I'm like, it's this, yeah. it's this. Now I'm like, oh, my God, this is so embarrassing. Right. Now you get it. Don't judge. I, do. see? I will not judge. Um, okay, so they he, he does defeat the Jackal. Yeah. Um, they get away, but he lost the Scarab, and Arthur ends up with it. Yeah. And, um, and disappears. And Mark has this conversation with Khonshu, and we realize maybe Khonshu's not the greatest god either because he's holding Layla over his head. Like, that's how he's keeping him in his service. He's like, you know, if if you quit on me, I'm going to take your wife. That's my next avatar. He is a god, though. (laughs) Yeah. What do you you make of that? Like, that – it, it seems like they were setting up. I love that in these series and in the greater MCU, but mostly in these series, I've noticed a lot of gray areas. Like they're always playing in the gray. Like someone's yeah. not all the way bad, all the way good. There's some bad in them, but they're it's like uh, Zemo, right? Like he's like he's a yeah. bad guy. You watch um, Captain America: Winter Soldier, you see, or, or Captain America. Um, what is it? <laughs> the Civil third War? Film. Civil, Civil War. War? Yeah. You realize, like, how evil of a dude he can be. Um, yeah. But then you see him in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and you're like, oh, he can be heroic as well. And that's something that I think is pretty cool. Um, and, and they're even doing it with this god. You know, he's in the middle of the episode. It seems like, oh, he's the obvious choice. He's actually doing what's right. Then it's like, oh, wait a minute. He's holding this guy against his will threatening the love of his life if he doesn't do what he says. Yeah, so it felt to me not to like um not to belabor the point, but again, that's not unlike how Rick Riordan writes the gods. Is mm. that they're good, they're bad, but ultimately they're selfish AF. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it I makes think- sense. Exactly. They're gods. Like, they're not used to being told no or having to play nice. So it's not all that shocking. Um, I did want to mention one thing that we that was a little earlier in the episode is I really enjoyed when Stephen is like hitting his breaking point. And Layla actually calls him Stephen. You can just see the relief on his face that someone believes him and believes that he is who he says he is and not Mark. Yeah, I think that's when she really bought it finally. <laughs> yeah. For sure, because of how scared he was. Like, she knows Mark would have been really in control. Um, and he would know in. what she, 
And he yeah. would know what she meant about the suit. Right. He would have just summoned the suit. And this guy's not changing into the suit. He He's about <laughs> to die, and he still won't change into the suit. So I think that's like that was for sure when she was like, okay, yep, I believe him. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I did love the, the, the final scene too. So, uh, well, before the final scene, Mark kind of flips out because, you know, yeah. Khonshu is threatening him like this. And the whole bargain between Khonshu and Mark was like, Steven is going to be kept out of this. And that's, that's another thing that makes me wonder how long Steven's been around because maybe he was around in this story before Khonshu got involved. Yeah. You know? And so. He gets really frustrated with Mark. Mark is now on the other side, communicating only through reflections. Or not Mark. Stephen is now commu- communicating only through reflections. And he knows what it's like to be stuck. Yeah. And he's like, this is miserable. You know, it, it's sad. I hate it. And, yeah. So Mark's been dealing with that for a long time. He's really frustrated, though, because Stephen, he he just, I think Mark feels like Stephen's being selfish. Like, I want my life back. I want this. He's like, there are four more important things right now. I'll give you your life, but just leave me alone right now. And Stevens protesting. I'll do this. I'll do that. I'm going to I'm going to bother you uh, uh, day and night. You won't get any rest. Um, I don't know if you saw this online at all, but people were saying that they thought that the MCU dropped an F-bomb at this scene in the episode. I I wondered that, but I was like, mm-hmm. I feel like. I feel like that if they did, it was very quiet, so they wouldn't get called out for it. So they wouldn't have to, like, up their rating or whatever. But, yeah. yeah. Almost like, I've heard <laughs> things in other series where they will, like, say the beginning and the end of a word. Yeah. Like, they would just say, like that. Yeah. Or, like, bit or something. You know, they, they won't say the whole thing, but really close. Um. But I re-listened to it because I heard that people were like, oh, it's the first F-bomb in the MCU. I was like, I doubt it. I doubt it. Why? You don't even need yeah. it. Yeah. So I went back and I listened to it over and over again, very close to the screen. And um, I didn't hear it. I, it. It was close. It was all jumbled together. But it sounded to me like he was just pausing in the middle of kicking. Shut up. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, so I don't think he said it. That's where I stand on it. I think he was just saying shut up. I don't think he actually said the F word. I don't – well, and that's the thing is Marvel's too smart to do that. Yeah. Like, there is – sure, they could, but why? Why? Yeah. The mean, angst, you, the angst in, Oscar I, in Oscar Isaac's voice was sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, like, <laughs> why use something then when you don't need it? Like, I like – when they use profanity and stuff, especially when it's like real talk, when it's like how people really speak or something like that, like, oh, this is how these people would probably talk to each other. Profanity's yeah. everywhere. And it's like if someone um, was putting a camera on me and my wife, it would just be profanity. So that's just how we talk. We talk. <laughs> we have. We don't have the cleanest mouths, and so we have when we're around certain people in society, we have to calm down. Um, but it's, it's how we communicate. It's not negative. It's just the way we talk. So, I've been swearing a far less on here than yeah. normal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I try to like, I don't mind swearing on here, but I just, I keep it to a minimum. It's yeah, like, why? Exactly. Why? Um, but I don't think, I don't think they did it. I, I don't think you can even swear in PG 13. 
they've never done it before. So you can say one F word in a PG-13. Yeah. Yeah. And I, they haven't done it, so why do it here? Um, I'm just glad they're giving us darker stuff because I think this is a more adult-oriented type series. Yeah. Well, with the the Netflix stuff, a little more adult. Um, but it's still not crazy. I don't have a problem letting my 11-year-old watch it. I'm not saying everyone should, but I personally don't have a problem with him watching it. So it's not as bad as it could be. For sure. Yeah, it could definitely be more violent, more dark. But it doesn't need to be because it's doing a great job with what it has and what it's doing. Yeah. Already – Everyone's calling it super dark, and honestly, they haven't gone that much further than anything we've seen before. It just – it's props to the director and cinematographer to make it feel darker than previous. And I wonder if it feels darker because this is the first time MCU has really tackled anything approaching a mental illness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because... I, I, feel like, I, I feel like WandaVision did it a little bit, at least yeah. maybe with depression. Yeah, uh, dealing with grief or loss or something like oh, that. Oh, for sure. Dealing with depression, but yeah, nothing like this though. Nothing like this. Yeah, and I think I think part of it is like it's the psychological stuff with what Stephen's going through that makes it dark. Yeah, I think it's supposed to feel scary. Like you're supposed to feel uneasy yeah. while you're watching it, and they bring that across so well that it feels like, oh, this is so much crazier than what we're used to. I don't think it is. I think it's just shot really well and acted really well. And it feels a little more adult than we're used to. Yeah, exactly. So we get the final scene, which I loved um, because they don't, they don't say where they're heading. He says, where the hell do you think we're heading? And he wakes up or doesn't wake up. It looks like he's drinking himself into a stupor um, in Egypt. And I loved this imagery that we got because usually when you see something about Egypt, you see the pyramids and you see the desert, but you rarely see the cityscape with the pyramids in the background, which is, I'm sure, what people in Egypt see every day. Like it felt lived in. Yeah, exactly. I love that. You know, I'm sure it was 100% CGI. I don't think they shot that on location, but. I, I just thought it was a nice touch that you showed that he was in a city and in the background were these pyramids. Yeah. Massive pyramids. And what I liked about the last scene is Stephen in the reflection just looks so defeated. He's sitting there, like, huddled in a robe, like, huddled in a sheet or a robe. And meanwhile, mm-hmm. Mark's, like, on the ground, like, sprawled out in his underwear. He's obviously drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the dichotomy... One of them is dealing with things, and one of them is not. But you can't really quite tell which is which. Right, right. Because, you know, drinking is not really a way to deal with things. It's a way to escape things. Exactly. Or, you know, get ready for a podcast that you're nervous about. This is what we do. (laughs) Exactly. So, so, yeah, overall, man, I loved episode two. I think we're getting further in the story. I there's nothing yet. There's been no lulls in it. I'm never I was never bored. Um, exactly. What did you think o- overall about like where we're at now? And do you have any speculation of, of, of what they might do next? Um. Well, speculation. I really tr- I actually try not to with shows where I have I'm going in knowing nothing. 
mostly because I don't want to spoil myself on the off chance I'm correct. Um, Overall, I thought it was really well done. I loved, I loved where the episode started versus where it ended. And I think we'll, I personally think the more episodes we get, the more self-assured Steven is going to become. Whether or not that's a detriment to Mark, we have to find out, but I can't imagine they're not going to at least have Steven's character develop a little bit more so he's a little bit more like Mark. Yeah. I feel like in the end of this series, at some point at the end, like in the final action sequences or whatever, Steven is going to be the one to save the day. Like, Steven is going to be him taking over, or Mark will have to give the 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 body to Steven to save the day for some reason or the other and that'll kind of like be like his character growth throughout it's like he started off as this bumbling nervous guy and by the end he's a hero you know I think that it's Steven's story more than anyone I don't know how they're going to deal with like the I think they'll stay as two parts of one person I don't think one person's going to leave or anything they have to continue yeah. the story but yeah. I think Steven's going to be the hero in the end of this. Like that's his I, I think that's what they're working towards. So I'd be surprised if that's not what happens in some capacity or other. Yeah. So. All right. Well, Maggie, thank you so much for doing this. Um, you were like nervous about doing a podcast. I don't know if you've ever done a podcast before, but you just talked really naturally for like an hour and a half. and like, You didn't seem like nervous at all. So. Thank Thanks. you. <laughs> um, I mean, it was fun. I I felt nervous throughout, but it it wasn't anything you did. You made me feel far more at ease than I thought I would feel. Oh, good. That, yeah. That's the goal. Um, so do you want to plug anything, or do you want to share your social media or anything like that? Um. If people really want to find me on Twitter, they can find me at EC Frost. However, I am a private account, and if you follow me, please be prepared for um, random stuff and a lot of social justice druid stuff because <laughs> I'm big on the environment and all that. Um, I am. I don't put my stuff public mostly because I've. I, I see what happens when other women who are outspoken put stuff publicly and I just don't want to deal with that. I don't have the mental capability to deal with that. Like I just, I don't want to. One thing I did want to say before we log off, it's something I mentioned to you, but back in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I promise everyone the actor who played Isaiah Bradley is actually an old man. <laughs> he, was, he went to college with my dad. He was not an actor they aged up. He is yeah. He was late 60s when they shot it. He went to college with your dad? Well, that's an interesting story too. We should have about that one my yeah my dad my dad went to college with him um he he doesn't keep in touch with him or anything but occasionally he'll be yeah. like oh hey it's that guy <laughs> again his name awesome. is totally escaping me but yeah so that's awesome i really hope they dive more back like into that character i want to see the isaiah bradley story bradley story of him when he's young and he goes through the adventures that they were referring to yeah i really want to see that I do, too. I do hope they touch on his story. And if nothing else, they bring his grandson back who can kind of my theory is they'll bring Isaiah Bradley's character back. They'll just 
make him a younger man, which would make yeah. sense. Yeah, I just want to see that story. I don't care how they do it. If they want yeah. to bring back the older guy and then have him talking and then narrating and then showing a younger version, that would be awesome, too. Um, but it's just such an intriguing story. It, it's straight out of the comics. I don't know if they'll do it like the comics, but I'd love to see that. I think it's an important story to tell, and I, I hope that they oh, for sure. get around. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we've done it. This is a nice, long, juicy podcast. Thank you so much, Maggie. Um, yeah. Talk to you later. Yeah. Have a good one. All right, ladies and gents. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Maggie as much as I did. I Like I said, when I talked to her, I was really surprised by the end of that conversation. You know, by 10 minutes in, I was surprised that she had never done a podcast before. Or I think she said she she started a podcast but never really followed up with it uh, with some friends of hers. But, yeah, it's a different thing communicating, you know, via satellite, as they used to say, um, you know, over Skype or, or Zoom or whatever. It, it's a little different when you're face-to-face with someone but the, that you've never met before. It's different than podcasting with friends in a room. And so I was just amazed at how natural, like naturally she fell into this role. Hopefully she does start a podcast of her own because I think she's really awesome at it. Um, you guys should go let her know that she did a great job on the podcast because I, I know that you think she did as well. Um, make sure you follow Maggie on Twitter at EC Frost. Uh, and if you want to keep the conversation going and talk more about this conversation, uh, this conversation, that we had episode two of moon Knight, or any other episode of marvel plus that you've listened to uh or if you're interested in being a featured guest like maggie was on marvel plus podcast then reach out to the email marvel plus podcast at gmail.com or you can reach out and chat with me on twitter or instagram at real brett scott Make sure you check out the Marvel Plus Patreon. Maybe it's not your thing, maybe it's not your bag, but at least check it out and see what's over there. You might like what you see. Um, It's only a couple bucks a month, and I put a whole bunch of extra content over there, including video versions of the podcast, including today's video version of the podcast, which is already up there. I put them up a day early so that not only do you get the conversation with the guest a day early, you get a video version of it. So go check that out if you're interested at all. Like I said, a bunch of other podcasts over there, different reviews and my takes on on different things outside of the Disney Plus Marvel series, but still usually within the Marvel universe of sorts. Um, So please go check that out. Be sure to rate and review the show anywhere you can, especially Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm going to be doing giveaways of Marvel Plus merchandise coming up soon to people who leave written reviews on Apple Podcasts. So be sure and get over there and do that. Maybe I can figure out a way to do it on Spotify as well if I can figure out how to figure out who is actually rating the show. I have no idea how to do that. Um, but yeah, make sure, and I guess there's a lot of other places you can like it too. If you're listening on like Castbox or, um, I don't know, there, you know, there's so many podcast platforms out there that I don't even know <laughs> the names of. Uh, but if you're listening on any podcast platform that lets you rate a show, like give it a star rating or a number rating or a written review, please do that. It really does help the show to grow and reach more people like that. It, it you know, 
that's how the algorithm works with these things. They, the more hits something gets, the more people are positively reviewing it, the more they're going to put it in front of eyes that wouldn't normally see it. So please, please go do that. The podcast needs it. We're always looking for new listeners and new guests as well. So like I said, if, if you're interested in being a guest, reach out at the email or, or Instagram or Twitter. Um, yeah, if you leave a written review on Apple Podcasts, not only will you be entered to win some Marvel Plus merchandise, I don't know what that's going to be yet. Uh, it's probably likely going to be t-shirts, but it could be something else as well. Coffee mugs, something like that, tumblers. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But not only will you be entered for that, but I will also read your review on the podcast. Not if you win, just if you leave a written review. You will get your review read on the podcast regardless if you win the contest or not. So please get over there, leave those reviews. It, it really helps a lot. Uh, thank you guys so much. As I said, this episode is long, <laughs> long enough as it is. Uh, so I'll let you guys get back to your everyday lives and I will talk to you again very soon when we discuss Moon Knight episode three. As always, my name is Brett Scott and this has been Marvel Plus. Marvel Plus.